Welcome to August to Say, a Marius Watch podcast. This is Kuferek, your hostess with the Moses. And Confair, and it is day 246 of my life in hell. And today we have a very special guest, our untiring leader of the ABC, your friend and mine, Ajola! Remind me why I'm here. Because while you've been out rallying Republicans and organizing the troops, even you have noticed somebody's absence. Our very own Marius Homercy has been missing in action. Not that he was doing much work in this. So we brought you in today for this special report on just what he has been up to during your most crucial planning stages of the revolution. It started Kufarak when you started calling him Mushola Abe. The monkey paw closed when you told him not to read so many books and look at the lasses. See where your big mouth gets you. It all started July 2nd. 1831. The stage, the park, the player, Marius. His outfit completely changed. And he had said nothing to me, but I could tell immediately that he'd seen a girl. There was just something about the way he would pace around the fountains and stare at the swans. Two weeks of watching him watch a girl at the end of the park bench. I had to take him to dinner, take him to the theatre, just to like see, get the lay of the land with him. And we all know Marius. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> yes. And he was just laughing and hugging people. And we're all just trying to have a good time at dinner. And he starts talking about the Legion of Honor, which, as we all know, is a massive red flag. Mm-hmm. And it was just a month of Marius wandering in the same park, following the same girl and father pair who sit on the same bench and I can, I don't have the time to follow Marius every day. Yeah, I mean you do, but <laughs> But if he's there every time that I'm following him, then one must assume that he is there every day. Standing behind trees, behind statues, sometimes just stood in the middle of the path for half an hour stretches, just kind of disassociating. Yeah. After a month, you could tell that the, the father, Monsieur Leblanc, of the pair, had started to clock him. I don't know that Marius could tell that this has happened. Objectively, after, by the way. <laughs> Objectively. <laughs> a month in of this, going to the park and following the gal, a handkerchief that, I don't know, you know, I must assume that Marius doesn't see us there, kind of keeping an eye on him, because he never says hi when we're there. The old man drops his handkerchief and Marius picks the thing up, <laughs> presses kisses to it, and we thought, oh, maybe he's had some kind of awakening, but... We've all been there, especially for men like him. <laughs> Having since spoken to him, he's very certain it belongs to, to the girl of his dreams, and I didn't want to disavow him of that. It gives him so much joy. Assume, he calls her. Assume. Based only on the fact that there's an, a U written on the handkerchief. And then, according to our sources, mm -hmm. he followed them home one evening. Which is why I say this should be a true crime podcast, because it's gone beyond friendly, following a girl that you maybe fancy. Friendly. Well, yeah, to following her home. And asking if this is where she lives. 
eight days pass. And they've had to move house. Yeah. Is this connected to Marius? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> we can't know for sure. No, we can't know for sure that eight days after he followed them home, they moved house. It's been since then. Some some seasons have passed and we I have seen how sad Marius has been. And he how... didn't get to murder her. <laughs> and that, you know, he started working a bit less, and I didn't know whether to be worried about that, because I need to borrow money from him sometimes. Uh, but, you know, you, sometimes you have to think of your friends. Still hasn't actually, hadn't actually told me what was up with him, but it's written all over his face, and also it's not hard to see. By February, he somehow saw her again in his own home. Yeah, which, again, creepy. I, it's not coincidence anymore. <laughs> We don't have the full details on what happened that night. Only that the next day, he has moved in. Yeah, to our house. He has moved in fully to our house. And you have let this happen. He has moved into our house. (laughs) And he stopped working, so he's around a lot. (laughs) Yeah, he stopped working and he's in our house, crying about a girl that he stopped home. Kuvarak. But sometimes there's nothing else to do but watch your friend cry. Yeah. Mm. And write really beautiful works of art. Yeah, uh-huh. Is that what you call it? <laughs> and last I heard of word on the street is he's been asking around and he might know her new address. So we can only assume the stalking part two is set to begin. <laughs> All this to say... We found this in the margins of my law coursework. What is this? This is a letter to she. We would love for you to do the honours of reading it in its entirety to our listeners. And let us know what you think of our very sound of mind, Marius Pomessi. The universe reduced to a single being, a single being expanding to encompass God. That is love. Love is the angel's greeting to the stars. How sad the soul is when sad for love's sake. What emptiness in the absence of the person who fills this world with their soul being. Oh. How true it is that the beloved becomes God. It would be understandable if God were jealous, had not the Almighty Father obviously made creation for the soul and the soul for love. With just a glimpse of a smile beneath a lilac-trimmed white crepe hat, the soul gains entrance to the palace of dreams. God is behind everything, but everything hides God. Things are black. Human beings are opaque. To love someone is to make them transparent. Certain thoughts are prayers. There are moments when, whatever position the body might be in, the soul is on its knees. Parted lovers beguile absence with a thousand fanciful devices that nevertheless have their own reality. They are prevented from seeing each other. They cannot write to each other. They find a host of mysterious ways to communicate. They send each other the song of birds, the scent of flowers, the laughter of children, the light of the sun, the size of the wind, the radiance of the stars, all creation. And why not? 
All the works of God are made to serve love. Love is sufficiently powerful to entrust the whole of nature within its messages. O oh, springtime, you are a letter that I write to her. The future belongs much more to hearts than to minds. Loving, that is the only thing that can occupy and fill eternity. The infinite requires the inexhaustible. Love partakes of the soul itself. It is of the same nature, a divine spark like the soul. It is likewise incorruptible, invisible, imperishable. It is a burning flame within us, immortal and infinite, which nothing can contain and nothing can extinguish. We feel it burning even in the marrow of our bones, and we can see its glow reaching the depths of heaven. O oh, love, mutual adoration, the delight of two minds that understand each other, two hearts given in exchange for each other, two gazes that fathom each other's depths, blissful happiness, you will come to me, will you not? Secluded walks with just the two of us. Glorious blessed days, I have sometimes dreamed that now and then hours detached themselves from the lives of angels and inserted themselves in the fate of mankind here below. God can add nothing to the happiness of those who love other than to give them everlastingness. After a lifetime of love, an eternity of love, there is indeed an increase. But to increase in its actual intensity, the ineffable bliss that love already imparts to the soul of this world is impossible even to God. God is the plenitude of heaven. Love is the plenitude of man. You look at a star for two reasons, because it is bright and because it is impenetrable. You have beside you a sweeter radiance and a greater mystery. For all of us, whoever we may be, there are those who are as the breath of life to us. Without them, without air, we suffocate, and then we die. To die for want of love is dreadful, suffocation of the soul. When love has melted and conjoined two beings in sacred and angelic unity, for them the secret of life has been discovered. For they are but the two terms of the same destiny. They are but two wings of the same spirit. Love and you soar. The day when a woman walking in front of you casts light as she goes on her way, you are lost. You are in love. There is only one thing that you can do. Think of her so intently, and she is compelled to think of you. What love initiates, only God can bring to completion. True love despairs and exults in losing a glove or finding a handkerchief and has need of eternity for its devotion and its hopes. It comprises both of the infinitely great and the infinitely small. If you are a stone, be a lodestone. If you are a plant, be a sensitive one. If you are a human, be love. Nothing satisfies love. Lovers have happiness. They want paradise. They have paradise, they want heaven. O oh, you who love each other, all this is contained in love. You only need know how to find it there. Love has contemplation just as much as heaven does. And in addition, it has sensual delight. Does she still come to the Luxembourg Gardens? No, monsieur. This is the church where she attends mass, is it not? She does not come here anymore. Does she still live in this house? She's moved away. Where has she moved to? She didn't say. 
What a dire thing it is for a man not to know the address of his soul. Love has its childishness, other passions have their small-mindedness. Shame on the passions that belittle man, all honour to the one that makes a child of him. It is a strange thing, this, do you know? I live in darkness. There is someone who went away, taking with her the sky. Oh, and to lie side by side in the same tomb, holding hands, and gently to caress each other's fingers now and then in the shadows, that would satisfy me for an eternity. Those who suffer because you love, love yet more. To die of love is to die by love. Be in love. A transfiction of starry darkness is implicit in this torture. There is ecstasy in the agony. O oh, joy of the birds, is it because they have a nest that they sing? Love is a heavenly breath of the air of paradise. Deep hearts, wise spirits, take life as God has made it. It is a long ordeal, an incomprehensible preparation for the unknown destiny. This destiny, the true one, begins for a man with his first step inside the tomb. Then something appears to him and he begins to discern finality. The living see infinity. Finality reveals itself only to the dead. Meanwhile, love and suffer, hope and contemplate. Woe, alas, to any that have loved only bodies, forms, appearances. Death will deprive them Try to love souls, you will be reunited with them. I met in the street a very poor young lover. His hat was old, his coat was worn, he had holes at his elbows, water filled his shoes, and stars filled his soul. What a glorious thing to be loved, and yet more glorious yet to love. The heart becomes heroic through passion, so that it consists only of what is pure, and is founded only on what is elevated and noble. An unworthy thought can no more be conceived by it than a nettle can spring up out of a glacier, inaccessible to passions and to ordinary feelings, rising above the clouds and shadows of this world, above follies, falsehoods, hatreds, vanities, miseries, and the serene and lofty soul inhabits the blue heavens and feels nothing but the deep underlying perturbations of destiny as the mountain peak feels the earthquake. If there was not someone who loved, the sun would be extinguished. How did that make us all feel? Emotionally. You know, we're supposed to be planning a revolution. That's what, that is what I have been saying, Kufarek. How am I meant to plan under these conditions when this is going on under my own roof? Well, I'm doing serious work. I'm trying to save France, you know. I, I, you know, the, the, the monarchy isn't going to behead itself. And you're hiding in bushes, watching some pathetic man stalking a woman. It's disgusting. You know, I have better things to do with my time. And I am going to go. I think that went great. Yeah, no, you're, you're an incredibly warped perspective to be talking from. I think we need to wrap up and save what's left of our reputations. How else is he meant to know not to leave the good jobs for Marius? Well, at least we'll never have to worry about Marius ever again. Until he comes home this evening. It's been great! <laughs>
a round of applause for Enjolras. I can't wait to see where this story takes us next. This has been All This To Say, a Marius Watch podcast. Produced by me, Nima Martin. <laughs> Thank you for actually listening to the 100th episode of Bread and Barricades, Elena's podcast. Produced by me, me, Nima Martin, and Julian Yap. Big thank you to Dean for allowing us to make him read bad poetry. It's my... <laughs> How many times... Yeah, I'll put in some of the laughter that we devolved into at the end here. And of course, as always, thank you to Stevie for being here and also help making sure that this actually happened. Thank you for Nemo for being here for 100 episodes. <laughs> and for 100 more. <laughs> we hope... Okay, genuinely, I feel like we can make through the rest of this book in, in, in before the 200th special. We so we never ninety-nine. Yeah, we never have to do this again. <laughs> Your marker is more than halfway through the book, so fingers crossed. I think we've got it enough. So um, here's to twenty twenty. Maybe we'll finish this. I genuinely have a doctorate before reading this book once on this podcast. It'll be revoked the second <laughs> published the last episode. Thank you again for listening to 100 episodes of Bread and Barricades. Set a deal. All this is to say. Thanks for being here. Viva la resolution. <laughs> Me, me, me's. My, my, my's. <laughs> we usually just talk about our week to warm energy up. We've also not recorded in the same room for like three years. <laughs> with alcohol, we're finally doing it. Yay! Yay! Hey, good episode! <laughs> my first episode. Yay! And then you're going to be a permanent member from now on. You're trapped forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be an hour of me just being like, what is going on? I, I hate this story. It's going on for too long. Good! That's exactly what I need to do. Punch it. Welcome! <laughs> Does she still come to the Luxembourg Garden? No, monsieur. This is the church where she attends mass, is it not? Right, that's it. <laughs> Too fruity. <laughs> I, I was fruity in the wrong way. In the wrong, in the wrong oh, joy of the birds. Is it because they have a nest that they sit? <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> okay, right. Let's do that again. Let's do that last last line again. I feel like I need to stop myself from laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing at that.